Happy holidays, everyone. How's everyone doing? Uh, right now, it's uh, was it December twenty eighth, Monday. It's uh, we're almost there to the two thousand and twenty one start of the new year. So, my name is Brandon Krieger. I'm the cybersecurity account executive at Uzado, and uh, I host the daily cyber uh, podcast live stream, uh, talking about kind of what's going on in the cybersecurity industry and really the truth about cybersecurity, kind of the th the ins and outs and things that you hear on the background of. Uh, in boardrooms and kind of behind the scenes, really kind of talk about what we really need to know in the cybersecurity industry. So today what I'm going to be covering is really what's going on in the news, uh, see how everyone's holidays are, and then, you know, just kind of finish off and just give you guys some uh, happy holidays and good wishes for the new year in 2021 and some things that I'm thinking uh, we're going to be seeing in the, the new year. So grab a coffee, grab a tea, and let's hack at it. I'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, USADO. USADO is a Canadian-based cybersecurity company that provides 24-7 cybersecurity support and compliance service that align their customers' tolerance for risk, their clients, suppliers, and government contractual mandates. USADO's teams focus on using insights to drive business decisions. There's no need to leave strategies to chance when insights can be used to show what changes need to be made and how to make them. USADO offers multiple services to help companies simplify IT, centralize cybersecurity management, and meet compliance standards. USADO can customize their service to work with your existing IT network and programs. For more information, contact USADO at info at uzado.com or visit their website at www.uzado.com. Okay, so perfect. Uh, lots going on. A little housekeeping. I'm monitoring the chat here, depending if you're watching on Restream, YouTube, uh, Facebook, uh, comment. Uh, let me know what you're, how you're doing for the holidays. And also keep me up to date on kind of what you're seeing in the cybersecurity field and industry. I also get a lot of questions uh, frequently about breaking into the industry and, you know, what to do. So if you have any questions, let me know. Uh, comment in the stream and then I'll answer as best as I can or at least give you direction on where to go and see some more information because it's a great industry to be in, uh, especially when it comes to cybersecurity. It's uh, ever growing. I mean, we always talk about like there's a shortage of, you know, talented cybersecurity professionals. Uh, the one thing that you need to know, this is an ongoing field of ongoing education. So once you're in it, you never stop, right? You never stop learning and developing. So a little housekeeping, like I said, uh, I, I, if you have any questions, comment uh, in the chat. I'm going to be monitoring the chat as well. Uh, you can view this on YouTube, Restream, uh, Facebook right now. I'm looking hopefully to get, you know, in the next new year. Hopefully LinkedIn comes through and we can get LinkedIn live and then we can kind of really get out there. So that's a little housekeeping. Uh, how is everyone's holidays going? I love to hear kind of how you're doing, especially uh, people that have been locked down. I know it's been hard uh, for a lot of families that have been going through these types of challenges. Uh, things I've been hearing, which is kind of sad as people getting laid off, you know, out of work, uh, transitioning to different, you know, ways of making money, be it online or even, you know, driving, anything like that, just to kind of make sure the ends meet. And then, you know, people worried and concerned about what's going on with COVID, you know, and, and you know, being 
socially distance, you know, protecting their family and, and health and safety and looking at the vaccine. So there's a lot going on in that area. So we, we talk about that, especially when it comes to business, because there's a lot of things that we have to look at. Uh, cybersecurity, one of the things that when you're learning the CISSP, which I'm studying right now, is you look at the first thing in any security program is, you know, looking after life. Right, looking after people, looking after them first. Doesn't matter about your systems, your processes, your data, or anything along that line. The first thing in your security program always is have to look after the people, make sure they're safe. And then it goes down from that criteria. So it's interesting to to keep that in mind as we're going through this, is that a lot of companies and organizations are, you know, looking after how can they main, maintain business continuity, how can they look after their staff, how can they keep revenue coming in to be be able to sustain the business. So, you know, their employees and the people that they've grown with and they've, you know, they trusted as their employees and with the business can maintain their livelihood, their their health and safety going through this. And that's why you saw like in March in 2000 and 2020. Actually, end of February, you know, uh, end of February, start of March, where companies had to make that transition quickly, there was a lot of process meetings, decisions that were behind that because they weren't just thinking, okay, you know, let's let flip a switch and then we go from on-prem solutions to, you know, off-prem and in cloud solutions. It was all these different factors of people, processes, systems, you know, everything was in consideration. So through the conversations that I've been having, over the last, what was it, I guess, eight, nine, nine months was was those like, okay, Brandon, we were, we're looking at transition, we're looking at security, but we're also doing these other things, you know, the, the list, right? We're making sure we're not, you know, laying off staff. We are, it's, it's strategic and it's because we are forced to, it's not because we want to, right? We need to be strategic to maintain the business and hopefully after this is done that we can bring them back in because, you know, we revalue our employees, we value, you know, the people, the contractors, employees that we work with. So really kind of getting that mindset of what was going on, you know, in business and what people were thinking. Again, if uh, no matter where you are watching this, uh, you know, said Facebook, YouTube, uh, Restream, or sorry, Twitch, uh, comment, uh, comment below. Let me know what, what you're seeing. That's kind of what I've been seeing in the industry over the last, like I said, nine to 10 months. And I know we're coming to the end of the year and we're starting, you know, was in a couple of days we'll be in 2021 and now it's a whole new year and we're hoping that things will change and things will transition now being in cybersecurity, one of the things we look at is we look at risk right we always have that mindset of oh my god you know the that the house is going to burn down what do we have to look at you know we have to look at the studs we have to look at you know the drywall we have to look at the electrical we have to look at all that so now when you look at you know 2021 for us in cybersecurity, and especially my mindset is Okay, what is really our concern for 2021? What's the risks uh, going on? So we look at small business, you know, small organizations, small companies, entrepreneurs. It's so sad to see that they're taking a massive hit right now, right? Because they've been in and out of, you know, being able to, they had to close first, then able to open up with restrictions and all different protocols, uh, cleaning protocols, um, even maintaining some a certain uh, social distancing or uh, a number of clients uh, uh, in their stores, then to be closed down again. So it's really hard to watch them go through this time and time again and seeing how they're going to sustain their business. And, and this goes on into 2021. A lot of companies that we've heard in the first quarter and second quarter of 2020 actually shut down and shut down for good. 
and there was a good chunk of them. And then the ones that could sustain tried to sustain with loans and uh, assistance from the government. But even that, and let's, let's be honest here. Some of the assistance from the government is only going to last so long. And some of these have to be paid back. Right? And these companies are looking at that now that maybe not making enough revenue, maybe not, you know, getting the, the, you know, when you look at profits, I'm just kind of look, thinking out loud. They're knocking the profits that they need to sustain the business as it is. So they're going into this debt. And then what happens when they're done? You know, what happens when they're finished all that? Can they make enough money to sustain their business and grow, but also pay the debt they just taken on? So a lot of concerns, a lot of risks that we're looking at. And you're probably going, okay, Brandon, how does this relate to cybersecurity? Well, when you look at security, look at all aspects can compromise the company. Right. And one of them is business continuity, right? Maintaining the business. And when you go into these solutions of trying to stay alive and survive, right? There's points where how long can you do it? How long can you, you know, you know, and I'll give this analogy as, as we've all seen with cartoons where they put a piece of gum over, you know, a hole that's leaking, right? And how long is that, you know, gum going to hold until it bursts? Well, no different from these companies that are taking on loans and do that. How long are they going to be able to last? So it's really hard to hear, you know, organizations having to go that, go through that. So what's the fix? You know, you're probably asking, okay, Brian, what's your recommendation? You know, I don't know. I don't know what the recommendation is. I know I shop locally, you know, as best as I can to help, you know, support the local business and everyone that's in there. Hey, Jagan, how you doing? Uh, how are you doing through the pandemic? Let me know. Uh, I'd love to hear kind of what you're, what you're, uh, dealing with, but like, like I said, you know, shop locally, support your, your local stores, your local shops as best as you can. I, I do that as much as I can, especially like when I look at my groceries and, you know, supplies, anything I'm doing, I shop locally right now, uh, just to kind of help and support the economy, help and support them because I know it's, it's extremely hard. So things like that. I mean, we got to support each other as best as possible. Uh, next thing I'd recommend is, you know, just reaching out, having conversations. I think that's the biggest thing right now is just reach out and just see how people are doing and authentically, right? I, I'm a sales guy. And one of the things that, you know, people are always scared of is that we're reaching out to sell people something. And if you watch my podcast, you do that. My personality, my temperament is, you know, I care. I'm reaching out to provide value, to help people, to do whatever I can. And if a sale comes from that, great. If it doesn't, it's not my main priority. It's first priority is how are you doing? Is there anything I can help you with? You know, is there anything I can recommend, advise you? Is there any advice I can give you? Is there anything that I can share with you that's going to help you at this time? And then as I go through, if they're like, hey, Brandon, I'm looking at X, you know, is there something that your company helps with? And we do have the budget for it. Then I'll go down that conversation, but not until, you know, that is, you know, revealed by the person I'm talking to. And they're, they're telling me other than that, I'm like, I'm there to, what can I do to help? So I think that's important for all of us to kind of get in that mindset right now. And I know uh, companies right now are looking at, you know, Q4, Q1 of next year is like, okay, how do can we make more revenue, more profits? But I think right now the mindset has to be right, right now as we're going through this pandemic is how can we help? How can we support? So I think that's really important right now um, to see, us do that as a society, as our, our community is to help each other and then provide that support. Uh, I've been fortunate with the company I work with, you know, I've been able to take on a more consultative role when I'm talking to people where I've worked with other organizations, it's sell, 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 right? It's, you know, 
you know, hit your quota, hit your bottom line. Like, you know, if you're, if you're not talking about, you know, some sort of a deal or opportunity, let it go and then move on where I've been fortunate with the, the organization that I work with right now, use auto. Uh, we've been talking to people to provide guidance, to provide value, to help them out. And, you know, that's why I really appreciate uh, the organization, the leadership, you know, and how they work because they get it. They get the, the, we're all in this together versus it's the I mentality. And I've talked about this in previous uh, podcasts where people think about me, 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 you know, I got to make my quota. I got to make my sales. I got to make my money versus how can I help you right now while you're struggling, while you're having a hard time, while you need things, how can I help you and what can I do? And I think, you know, it's kind of a core value for me, right? A core belief is that's a, a way we need to help each other, especially in cybersecurity. And I'll get in a little bit to that when we talk about kind of the news and what's going on, but so many companies, you know, so many hacks that have been happening over the, you know, the 2021, I mean, we're looking at, you know, still uh, FireEye and uh, SolarWinds is still ongoing and they're still trying to figure that out. And then I think I saw just recently Microsoft got compromised. So it's like compromise after compromise. And we're talking about ransomware and data, you know, exploitation and data, you know, you know, espionage and theft. It's just all these different things that are going on. And it's ongoing for us when, when we're in cybersecurity and the organizations that don't have to deal with this are now looking at, okay, what do we need to do when we're struggling right now? We're, you know, we're trying to maintain business continuity and trying to maintain our business while the hackers on the other side are just going nuts right now and just, you know, compromising. I've talked about this before and you guys all know this. And if you don't, this is just a reminder the attack surface has changed, right? And, you know, the tools and things that we had before that were in an internal environment now have expanded. Uh, I was talking to Dr. Eric Cole, who made a great point. You know, he asked he asked a company through the pandemic, he goes, okay, so what was your expansion plan through the, the pandemic? And he goes, what do you mean? Well, you know, you expanded, right? You expanded, you know, your organization. He goes, no, no, we didn't. We moved all our staff to, you know, being remote. Right. When you did that, how many staff members do you have? And I'll use this as an example. By, and I don't remember exactly his numbers, but say you had 200 staff members. Well, now you have 200 separate locations, 200 separate locations that need to be managed and maintained. And you need to do your due diligence to be able to maintain the business continuity, their security, everything like that of the 200 separate locations. So now your business has expanded by 200 locations. And just hearing that, you kind of realize that, oh crap, like, well, look at the work we have to do. We have to make sure their network's secure. We have to make sure their environment's secure. We have to make sure their secure uh, security policies and acceptable use policies. We have to make sure we go through all that to make sure that everything is in order to protect them as well as the business, right? Because, you know, I'll use as an example, one of the scenarios I heard was there was, uh, was it malware? I guess it was ransomware that attacked through a family's you know network. They got through, I think it was one of the children and they clicked on something and downloaded it and it went through the actual, you know, their home network, got access to the employee's, you know, system, laptop, and then had direct access through VPN into the organization. So when you think about that, you go, okay, but hold on. But, you know, didn't they have endpoint protection? Didn't they have, you know, antivirus, anti-malware on the system? They did, but they just didn't catch it. And then they had direct VPN access from that laptop all the way into the organization. And then that organization got ransomware. So when you think about that, 
that's one location. Now, if you have 200 you know, employees, that's 200 separate locations. So it's pretty crazy when you think you put your mind, your hat on, you kind of think of like, now I have to look after and maintain 200 separate locations to make sure everyone's secure. A lot of organizations didn't think that way and kind of said, we have security for the company. We have licenses for these softwares, make sure it's deployed and it's on like, you know, antivirus, anti-malware, endpoint protection, make sure it deploys on all the, the systems that are at home. And then that we'll, we'll monitor from there and we'll get VPN and they'll have a secure access into the environment. We'll set up, you know, filtering things along that line. And hopefully, you know, things are good. Things are secure. But then as you start to go and you go through that, you realize there's other aspects of the attack. There's other areas that these people can be uh, compromised on phishing attack, uh, banner ads, I mean, you name it, it just, it's ongoing. It never stops. So it's pretty crazy. Uh, so what do you think, Jagan? Uh, how's things over in India? Uh, Jagan just kind of comment from YouTube. Uh, I'm just going to go over here. So yeah, I'd love to hear how you guys are doing, you know, what you guys have been working on. Uh, just, it's been pr pretty crazy on my side. Like I said, these are the things that I've been seeing uh, from the end of this, like the whole year from the whole 2020 after I go through the news and kind of the, some of the articles, I'll talk about what my thoughts are for 2021. Some things that I'd recommend, you know, organizations and company kind of take a look at right now. Uh, so let's jump over to, I'm just going to bring up the news here. Got some articles here for you guys to share. So I was kind of going through the news. Uh, I have a, I have um, Feedly that I have that I've have different feeds and things like that that I bring up. So let me just bring this up here. So. What you see here is here's an article uh, that I saw from the Microsoft. It's uh, from the Hackers News. And basically it's talking about Microsoft warns CrowdStrike of hackers targeting Azure cloud customers. So one of the things that I'd recommend just as before we kind of go into this article is make sure that you know your terms of service. Make sure that you've gone through an audit right, and a security assessment for your cloud solution and make sure everything is locked down. Doesn't matter if you're in Azure, you're Google, whatever. Uh, Amazon, make sure you've gone through that assessment. Make sure you've gone in through and locked locked it down because there's so many companies that I have had conversations with where when we talk about the terms of service, they're going, yeah, you know, that cloud solution looks after my security. And then when you go back through it and you say, okay, you know, are you sure? Are you sure it's not a shared security model? And then when they go through it and they realize the you know, cloud solution provider only secures the actual environment, the cluster, the hardware, uh, the, you know, different locations, you know, access points to the actual location. But then when you go through it, they realize that what they put on the cloud, so if it's infrastructure as a service, platform as a service, software as a service, whatever they put on there, it's the responsibility of the, uh, the customer, right, that's purchased that solution to now harden and secure that. And a lot of times when they go, oh, great, now now what do I do, right? We've got it up. It's been live, you know, are, are we vulnerable? So now they need a security company to come in and, and reevaluate or at least their team to do it. So things to think about as you're looking at security. Uh, so going through this article, you have new evidence amidst the 
The ongoing probe into the espionage campaign targeting SolarWinds has uncovered an unsuccessful attempt to compromise uh, cybersecurity firm CrowdStrike and access the company's email. The hackers' endeavor were reported to the company of micro, uh, by Microsoft Threat Intelligence Center on December 15th, which identified a third-party reseller Microsoft Azure account to making um, uh, abnormal calls to Microsoft Cloud API during a 17-hour period several months ago. The undisclosed effect, uh, affected reseller Azure account handles Microsoft's Office license licensing for Azure's customers, including CrowdStrike, although there was an attempt to unidentify uh, threat actors to read the emails. It was ultimately foiled as the firm does not use Microsoft Office 365 email service, uh, CrowdStrike said. So, and then they kind of go through in this article, talks about the incident comes in uh, the wake of the supply chain attack of SolarWinds revealed uh, earlier this month, resulting in the deployment of a covert backdoor, aka Sunburst, via a malicious update of a network uh, monitoring software called SolarWinds Orion. Do a Google search if you haven't kind of studied what, what SolarWinds Orion is. Uh, if you have, if you run it or you have, and this is very important, if you run it yourself, make sure you've done your due diligence, which probably at this point in time you have. If you have an MSP, Managed Security uh, Managed Ser Service Provider, MSP, who do kind of manage your IT environment, or an MSSP, Managed Security Solution Provider, Ask them if they run SolarWinds to maintain and manage their clients. Because if they do, that means that you might be not running it, but they're running it on your environment and then you might be compromised. So make sure you kind of do that, your due diligence to ask if you haven't already. If you have, perfect. But if you haven't, make sure you ask and you go through that because it's so important to make sure that you're secure right now because this is kind of this ongoing thing. Now, they say, since the disclosure, Microsoft, Cisco, VMware, Intel, uh, NVIDIA, and a number of U.S. government agencies have confirmed finding uh, tainted Orion installations in their environment. So you can kind of tell the big boys. These are the big, you know, companies have found it. So now if they're, you know, the Fortune 500 companies, the big IT firms, what happens to the guys that are mid-ranging, people that are a little bit lower? Have they found this? Have they gone through and do, have done their due diligence? This is important. This is why it's so important to do this because it has a downstream liability is, is the term that this references is that if these companies are managing other companies, they're responsible for managing and securing these organizations. Now, if it flows downwards, you have to be understanding, okay, who do I go and report to upwards, right? Like I said, if you're, uh, and I'm just going to throw some other companies of IBM, Cisco, VMware, Intel, uh, some big MSSP that you're working with or MSP that you're working with is to manage your system and they are using SolarWinds to do that, all their clients could be, I'm not saying they are, but they could be affected from this. So make sure you do your due, your due, yeah, your due diligence and start asking these hard questions. Right? So it's so important to do that. Uh, the development comes a week after the Windows Maker itself. A SolarWinds customer denied hackers had infiltrated its pr uh, production system to stage their attacks against its users and found evidence of separate hacking groups abusing Orion software to in install a separate backdoor called Supernova. So here's another thing. If you haven't patched for Orion, you haven't been con uh, confirmed, other you know groups, as they're talking about here, are now using that as an access point for them to get in. So this is why it's so important. Again, I'm going to reiterate, it's so important to make sure that you're secure. 
Now, if you have any questions, comment, you know, send an email uh, to info at usato.com and just let us know, like we'll do our best to help you out and kind of give you the right information because it's so important right now. If you don't know that you're secure, then you're potentially vulnerable. It's, it's just that like we always talk about in the security industry. It's not if it's when, you know, it's not if you're going to get hacked, it's when, well, here's one of those scenarios right now that we're running into. Um, it's also a coincidence with the new report from the Washington post today with alleges Russian uh, government hackers have breached Microsoft's cloud customers and, st and stolen emails from at least one private sector company by uh, taking advantage of Microsoft's reseller reseller. They manages cloud access services. Then they talk about our investigation of recent attacks has found incidents involving abuse of credentials to gain access, which can come in several forms. We have not identified any vulnerabilities or compromise of Microsoft's product or cloud services. Microsoft Senior Director Jeff Jones said in, in an email response to the Hacker News. So they're still investigating. They haven't found anything, but doesn't mean there's not there. And anyone here that's in security knows that right from the start that you know, when these incidents happen, they're still investigating. They're still trying to figure this out. Uh, CrowdStrike has also revealed CrowdStrike reports tool for Azure CRT, a free tool that aims to help organizations re uh, review ex uh, excessive permissions in their Azure Active Directory or Office 365 environment and, and help determine uh, configuration weakness. So they have some tools out there. So there's the article. I would grab it. Uh, depending on who you work with, send this out. I'm going to actually have it in the show notes uh, when I post this on Thursday. Uh, grab that, send it out to your colleagues, let them know, let them be aware of what's going on just because there's so much happening and so much to be aware of. Uh, let me know if you have any questions about this. Uh, comment uh, on, like I said, on Restream, on YouTube, on Facebook. I'm watching this, the chat here to just you know connect with you guys and answer any questions. So I'm going to go and jump over to the next article here. Uh, give me a second here. Let me bring this up. Okay, so Windows Zero Day uh, still circling after a faulty fix. So. Again, I'm picking a little bit on Windows right now. I think the 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 reason why I'm doing that is just because this is you know what's been going on. This is kind of new uh, in the last, I guess, what I'd say is in the last couple week or so. I'm um, just looking here to see if there's a date on this post. December 24th, this was posted. So the LP, uh, LPE bug could allow an attacker to install programs, view changes, and delete data and create new accounts with full user rights. So make sure you understand that they're full rights right to the systems a high severity windows zero day that it could lead to complete uh, desktop takeover remains dangerous after a fix from microsoft failed to adequately patch it the local privilege es uh, escalation bug in windows 8 and windows 10 cv and it gives you this the cv code exists in the print spooler api it could allow local attackers to evaluate privileges and execute code in the context of a current user, according to Microsoft advisory issued in June. So now I want I want you to hear read that again. So this was Microsoft advisory issued way back in June. We're in December now. 
It allows local attackers to evaluate privileges and execute code in the context of of the current user, according to Microsoft Advisory issued in June. So we're talking about this now in December. We're talking about six months later, right? An attacker would would, uh, first have to log onto the system, but could then run a uh, specialty crafted application to take control of an infected system. This issue arises because the Windows kernel fails to properly handle objects in memory. The firm said an attacker who successfully exploits this vulnerability could run arbitrary code in, in kernel mode. An attacker could then un- inst- could it then install programs, view, change, or delete data, or create new accounts with full user access. So, okay, so what are we talking here? What do we need to do, right? And this is something that, you know, is so important is you need to monitor what's going on in your system first, patch management, you know, looking at different ways to patch and make sure that you're patching your systems properly. Uh, just give me a second here. Uh, hey, Sanjay. I got a comment here from Sanjay. Uh, Sanjay said, I read there was a major cyber attack of the U.S. government agencies from the Russian uh, Russians recently. So, yeah, that's what we were talking about Uh we're still going with solar winds, fire eye, and now, you know, you're looking at it's it's ongoing. I mean, I think it's ongoing when you have the different types of companies and and solutions that the downward downward liability is happening to other companies that are getting compromised just because of this access points and what what's happening. So it's really important to understand, you know, what's going on and what's happening, you know, in the environment. So thanks for your comment, uh, Sanjay. Hopefully uh, you're you're safe and happy through the holidays and your family's safe. But good question. Thanks, thanks for asking. So when we're going through this, it's so important right now to look at how we maintain our patch management, uh, testing, making sure everything's secure. When we see things like this, right now, as this bug's coming out and this is what's going on, that we're maintaining our system. We have endpoint protection. We have you know, some sort of SIM or logging, you know, alert logging system that can show uh, anomalies and, and changes in the environment just to monitor everything we can. Because, I mean, when we look at cybersecurity, one of the things that I've learned over the years of being in cybersecurity, you first, when we were in it, you know, when we started, everyone was like, oh, you defend, you stop it, you stop it immediately. But now it's detect, respond, and remediate, right? And when you're looking at that, that's what the, the, the only thing we can do in cybersecurity. And, and I was talking to a colleague a week or two ago, and I said, the one challenge that we have is hackers are, are, you know, having this fight with two hands, right? And, you know, cybersecurity experts and companies are really working with one, high dip, one hand tied behind their back is because we have to look at change management. We have to look at approval. We have to make sure we're doing testing things properly where hackers, they can just go. They can just go and do what they want, right? Now, if they get caught, I mean, there's, you know, there are threats also and there, there are risks. I mean, if they get caught doing something stupid or get caught doing what they're doing illegally, all the illegal actions, right? But for them, they can just keep going and they can do it as a group and an organization, you know, worldwide. They can collaborate where we're having problems with collaboration across companies, right? We're getting better at it, at sharing information and helping as, you know, security professionals. But then we also have change management and, and you know implementing changes and taking your time and approval and process and making sure we have resources. So again, it's not it's not easy. I mean, being in cybersecurity is a very hard job. 
And I, my hat goes off to all the experts that are out there that are, are fighting the good fight and out there. It is a lot of work and it's a lot of thinking and processes and, you know, just keeping up with, you know, everything that's going on. So when you're looking at Microsoft, you're looking at kind of this, this breach, something like, like I said, remember, like keeping your patches up to date, going through change management process, having a testing environment that's not in your, your live environment that you can test and make sure that things work. Having, you know, a pen testing team, you know, review this, making sure that, you know, you've patched it properly, you've done through this, right? If that's in your internal team or external team, you know, going through these, right? Uh, there's, you know, you know, I'm trying to think of the engagement. There's even actually like a purple team test where as you're patching, you know, it's a little bit more expensive, but you're patching, have your pen testing team testing it in the live environment and then making sure everything's up to date and patched, you know, you know, as fast as possible. Now that's more of an expensive engagement, but right now you kind of look at what can you do? Uh, there's great teams out there that can do some pen testing or at least doing a vulnerability assessment and just kind of give you an idea of where you're at, you know, on your scale. But you really want to do is a true pen test to make sure that someone can't compromise things like this. So very important to look at, you know, bugs like this, uh, the windows zero days, uh, the windows zero days still circulating after a faulty fix. Again, I'm going to post this article, uh, the link to the article below. Again, share this out to your colleagues, make sure they're aware of it. They're on top of it. Uh, next article I want to talk about is, and just give me a second here, why cybersecurity tools fail. Uh, let me bring that up here. So let me bring that up here. So this was actually a good one to look at, especially, uh, you know, a lot of the cybersecurity experts and people getting in the field. You kind of look at, you know, how how are we looking at you know these cybersecurity tools? And the, this article is talking about uh, the AI, artificial intelligence AI type tools that are out there that are coming out. And let me tell you first and foremost, you know, machine learning AI technology. It's it's an awesome kind of looking at you know how the evolution of where we're going. But again, we still need, in my opinion, human uh, engagement. We need interaction. We need people to make sure everything's maintained and running properly. So it says artificial intelligence will likely help with cybersecurity though figuring it out how to handle ambiguous situation is critical, right? And in this situation, you're looking at human intervention. Right? And the article talks about there's a great deal of excitement about artificial intelligence and how in the not-too-distant future, AI could have cognitive capabilities, allowing it to mimic how humans learn and make decisions. Uh, now, if you want to watch a show that warns you against this, watch the show next. I've been watching that and it's kind of funny that they're talking about this actual thing, how AIs get intelligent, start thinking and start to kind of uh, take over the environments that they're in and they start to propagate. So you kind of like at these two sides of the coin there. There's one that it's really good for uh, bridging the gap, you know, technology solution evolution. But then you also look at, you know, Skynet and things like that. They're going to take over the world. Are we going to serve these, these machines? So, where are we at that? We will see, uh, but it, you can just see that we're progressing and progressing. So it's interesting, right? So you look at non-future uh, distance, AI could have cognitive capabilities allowing it to mimic human and make decisions. The ability is especially important in the realm of cybersecurity where cyber attacks seldom present the same indicators twice. So what does that mean, right? Basically what it is saying is that these cybersecurity professionals on the other side, right? And I'll call them professionals because they're experts in their field and they do what they, you know, they're, you know, really experts at hacking will modify their code or modify their attack vector. They'll do that 
because they know if they do it this way again, they're going to get caught. So they modify and they change it and they change it. And they keep changing and keep being very dynamic. So it's so important for us to learn how to be dynamic. And when we're looking at AI technology, it's, it's, you know, learning as it goes too, right? So it's this balance that we're getting through here. It's this balance of, you know, these guys are really kind of learning, you know, how to protect themselves and how to, uh, really look at different ways of integrate solutions that are going to be safe and be secure. So I think it's really important uh, for us to really think about how AI, how we're going to use AI technology and how we have to manage it, right, as experts in the field and how we have to work with it. So it talks about ambiguity is a challenge. Ambiguity is a challenge of cybersecurity tools. Uh, cybersecurity is very good at identifying activities that are black and white or white, either obvious, bad, or dangerous, or clearly good and safe. Right, so, uh, Margaret Cunningham, uh, PhD. Uh, psychologist and principal research scientist at uh, Force Point Innovation Lab. In her research paper, uh, exploring the gray space of cybersecurity with insights from cognitive science, but traditionally cybersecurity tools struggle with the ambiguity and uh, algorithm or algorithm, uh, our algorithm are not allow always able to analyze uh, all sa salience variables, uh, make a confidence excuse me, make a confident uh, decision whether to allow or block risky actions. So again, what they're basically saying is the system doesn't know if it's black or white, right? Uh, so it's trying to figure out where does it sit? Is it, is it really bad? Is it not? And then it's trying to figure out, figure out, you know, is it false positive, false negative? Is it real? Is it not? So it's trying to figure out where it's set. So this is where you have to have right now, currently you have to have a human element to be able to say yes, no, yes, no. Right, and be able to define it, right? And this is where you get, and a lot of the AI technology, uh, they use modules that they're always modifying and updating these modules to be able to be smart, to be able to do that, to modify it, to make sure they're able to, you know, defend against the next level of attack, right? And keep doing it. So it's just kind of balancing it. So uh, they talk about cyber criminals uh, morph their tools quickly. And a great article, and then survival skills can help. Uh, I'm just looking at this, and uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to share this article again in the the post uh, when I post it up. But uh, anthropologist suggestions are, are one important reason why humans are still around is our ability to create work workable approaches to deal with whatever is occurring in the environment at any given moment. Cunningham adds, adults are able to engage in hypothetical and abstract problem solving as well as dynamic shift positioning and, and topics, decisions, or opinions on the fly. So that's where you're getting right now where you're you're saying that the human element is still needed. Right? And as, as, don't, don't get me wrong, as AI gets more intelligent, the potential for us not to be needed is, you know, is, is higher and higher. But this is something that we're looking at right now in the future. So something to think about. Like I said, I'm going to post that article. Uh, in the in the stream, so you guys will have it, and or on uh, Thursday as I post the, just give me a second here, as I post the the Daily Cyber Podcast. Uh, give me a second here. So yeah, that's really kind of the news and what's been going on, uh, and what I've been seeing. Uh, a lot of different things happening in cybersecurity. Uh, I'd love to hear kind of what you're seeing, what you're what you're thinking. I got uh, Sanjay Jagan. Uh, a few other people that are watching right now. Let me know what you guys are seeing in the industry. I'd love to kind of hear your feedback. 
Now let's talk about 2021. I wanted to finish off uh, just kind of giving some ideas of what I'm seeing for 2021 and where I'm seeing companies need to look at and focus on. One, uh, detection, 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 detection. Look at your systems of detection, right? Seeing all your systems up are, are up and going, that you have different solutions that are in, in place that you can detect your 200 now new locations. Also, you know, anything that you have to look on your cloud, you know, your cloud solutions, everything. Make sure that you have your detection systems up, either monitoring and then make sure that you have teams or people that can can monitor them and make sure that they're, the alerts are not being kind of left in some sort of uh, repository that no one's watching. Very important. Then, of course, you're looking at your response, right? And then also you're looking at your remediation. So make sure you have a response team in place and make sure you're able to remediate. Next is looking at your policies. Make sure your policies and your governance is up to date. Right? There's so much going on that it's shifting so quickly that a lot of companies are falling behind and not looking over their policies and their procedures and their process. And even when you're looking at compliance, making sure that your all your compliance document and everything is up to date. So go through that. Next is cybersecurity awareness. I think it's so important to have repetitive learning. Right, where people are constantly being reminded of what to watch out for. I know this year, uh, different things we were looking at was, you know, uh, the the pandemic. You know, you look at the vaccine. You look at, you know, Black Lives Matter. You look at, um, just trying to think of any other media worthy, the election, right, in the United States. So just those alone, a lot of malware was put in banner ads, clickbait, different types of you know email campaigns to catch people that were looking for, you know, they were mostly engaged in these you know these newsworthy uh, streams, and they were clicking on them to try to find out more information, what's going on, keep up to date. And what happened was some of them had malware associated to them. So, being very careful of what you're clicking on, and then going through cybersecurity awareness training. To teach your staff, I think there was also one. You know, I just want to bring up. There also was one uh, with uh, Adobe that I read. I think it was a month, month and a half ago, where the update was coming through, and the the individual just kind of clicked through it and didn't realize that the wording was off. Right? The it was a banner that came up for an update, and they just kind of clicked on it, thinking, you know, of course, yeah, this is just a, a normal Adobe update. But then when they clicked on it, they realized as they were going through, it wasn't the same update, it was different. So then finally they stopped it and luckily they caught themselves. Or actually, no, that person who wrote the article, I don't quite remember, didn't catch themselves, installed the malware, and then eventually had to you know clean up their system. And they got compromised. I think their bank got compromised, if I quite remember correctly. But my point being is, is that cybersecurity awareness training, if you keep on top of just, you know, again and again reminding people they're going to be more aware that when something like that comes up they're going to take action going to go okay hold on a second here that that doesn't seem right that's something's not right i'm going to stop i'm going to take a step back and this is where the intuitive ability in the subconscious mind and the conscious mind is subconscious mind's going red flag red flag red flag and the conscious mind's kind of coming going going what what's wrong you know, I got, I'm, I'm busy. I'm working. I got phone calls and emails and I got a project to do. And the subconscious mind's kind of going, hold on, stop. We learned something in, in a cybersecurity awareness course that says this is wrong. So then you kind of stop and go, this feels uncomfortable. This feels weird. And then they look at it and kind of go, oh, yeah, Adobe spelled backwards or spelled wrong. It's A-B-O-D-E, right? And versus A-D-O-B-E, right? Oh, 
they spelled it wrong. They spelled it with a B at the front. What's going on? Okay, what's, this is not right. Hold on a second here. Stop. You know, let me con- contact my ID department. Let me find out what's going on. Let me close this down. And then you, you catch yourself. But that's only through training and training and constant training. I think it takes a thousand repetitions to, uh, I think it's a thousand repetitions to uh, create a new motor pattern. So you think about that. If it's a thousand reminders that you have to do to train someone to not click on that when they see it, you just imagine you have to keep doing it, keep doing it. So cyber cybersecurity awareness training is so important, right? To make sure that your team, your your colleagues, and I remember doing dark web scans, and I hate to throw executives under the bus, right? But a lot of the scans that we were doing and finding. A lot of them were from, you know, executives getting compromised and not intentionally. They weren't doing it intentionally. It was just they were using one. They were using their corporate email address for different sites, which, you know, I highly recommend. And this is through cybersecurity awareness training that you use a Gmail account for external uh, websites in your, your, your business account. Like if you're signing up for Eventbrite or anything along that line, use your Gmail account, right? Use kind of this, you know, default account. So if it gets compromised, it's really not connected to your company organization. And yeah, it sucks, but you know, you're fine. Right? It doesn't compromise anything else and doesn't, you know, potentially hopefully knock on wood. You're using on a secure, you know, laptop and it's not connected to your environment. And then you're doing all that. But you know, again, with a Gmail account or anything like that, you can still get compromised if you're checking on your work network and anything like that, and you can still install the malware. But at least you're, there's a separation, and the separation really is up from authentication purposes. That your email address for a lot of people is their you know username and password, and some some of these guys are using their company email address and their you know regular password across multiple platforms. So not doing that, having a generic password, you know, secure one, but a generic one from external and then one from, you know, work and making sure. I think now I recommend people having like a 25 character password. And the reason why that is, is because if you do, uh, is my password secure? And you go to that website and you punch in your password. You can see how long it takes someone to brute force your password. Right. And then I wouldn't copy and paste. And here's just a thing when, we, when you go to that site, I wouldn't copy and paste your actual password, but something similar to it, right? Uh, and just see if something similar to that, how long does it take to someone, you know, like a system to break it? And it's it's phenomenal. You'll see 10, 12 characters, sometimes take like an hour, a couple hours or a day, right? And then all of a sudden you're like, you know, they can get in and these guys will take six months. I mean, a lot, the, a lot of these uh, compromises are happening over six, a six month to even a one year span. So you think if they have that much time to try to, you know, work on your password, you know, in a day or two, they're getting through like lists of password, not just one. Right. And they could be whaling, which is they're t- attacking just the executives or people that, you know, uh, high level privileges. And they're just going after them. And then they know they've targeted them and they can just go after that smaller list. And if the passwords are not secure, they're going after it. Brings me back to cybersecurity awareness training is that making sure that you have complex passwords, you're making sure that your passwords that you you have and that you're using are not ones you use commonly across the board of, di- of different profiles and that you're having different email addresses for, you know, personal use and things that you're doing online versus, you know, your, your company email is only used for company and organization things that you're using. Like even for LinkedIn, I'll use that as an example. LinkedIn got compromised you know, several years ago. But even for me, I know for LinkedIn, I used I used my, you know, like a default Gmail account for 
a long, long time, right? Because yeah, if it got compromised, yeah, it sucks, but they don't at least have access to my company uh, email address. So just things like that, why cybersecurity awareness is so, so important. So th that's it for today's Daily Cyber. I just want to uh, really thank you so much for everything that's been going on and things that, you know, I've been thinking about for the new year. Again, I'd love to hear kind of what you're working on, uh, how things are going with yourself and your family. Comment below, uh, depending on where you are. Uh, again, when I post this up when, um, on Thursday, let me know how things are going. But I just really wanted to kind of share, you know, what I've been thinking, what I've been seeing in 2020. I want to wish you and your family a uh, happy new year. I hope you guys are safe. I hope you're abundant. I hope uh, everything's, you know, going well for you and your family. And I look forward to connecting with you in 2021, seeing how we can help each other grow and really just stay safe, you know, technically as well as, you know, through our environment, health and safety. So that's it for today's cyber. Uh, don't forget software is hackable. Being connected is vulnerable. I'll see you next daily cyber.